Oh, dear. I must have left the portal open. I guess as I dozed gently in my meditation hammock, the portal grew and grew and engulfed the entire room and took me for quite a trip through the infinite layers of the cosmos. I saw so many variations of myself in the multiverse. Deep VT me, ponytail me, me who looks good in horizontal stripes, low blood sugar doesn't affect me me, willing to switch up my sushi order me, each one was more alarming than the last. Finally, I heard the distant gong of one of Galinda's long, sturdy fingers striking the edge of a large glass bowl, and I followed the sound waves back here to this reality and to you, my listeners, and there is no way I'm falling asleep next to an open portal again. But since we're here, and we have to open a portal to enter the deep night, I've taken two nitro-cold brews and three mason jars full of apple cider maple syrup cleanse, and I'm wide awake and I'm ready to steer us safely through another journey into the land of regrets and revelations we call the Deep Night. I so wish you are well. It's me, Dale Seaver, and I am your host, your guide, your spiritual Sherpa, and in case you're looking, a willing brand ambassador, through this next strange new hour of the deep night and after a long weird summer full of vortices, rainbow gatherings, drum circles, and bee pollen lattes, I'm so ready to return here to the foul banks of the Gowanus and bring you in-depth conversations with people I admire as we explore wellness and the dark art of comedy together. It's a cosmic talk show experience, it is. Now, I will let you in on a pretty well-kept secret. Podcasting doesn't pay. Sometimes I think, really, what's the difference between what I'm doing and what my Uncle Douglin used to do up in the hills? Douglin was a ham radio enthusiast. He loved it, and every night he spoke into his microphone with little or no response. I tell you this, we both spent too much money on headphones, and I worry that, like him, I may die alone in a wooden shack surrounded by small effigies of the cast of WKRP in Cincinnati, fashioned out of worn flour sacks, old jeans, and stuffed with pine needles. What I'm saying is, sometimes this is a lonely path to take— which is why I'm so pleased I joined a cult. <laughs> we have such fun potlucks, and you should see the way the giant wicker man burns on Sundays. The good news is that sometimes you do feel like you're part of a community of the podcasting world, and I was so pleased when I reached out to the L.A.-based podcasting superstar, Erin Gibson, and then she said yes <laughs> to a visit to the Deep Night. We have great friends in common, as it turns out, and we both have a love of strange holes in the ground, as well as a passion for equal rights. Erin happens to have a new book that's out now, and it's called Feminasty, and far from nasty. We had a lovely time talking about the subject matter and stories in the book. Erin is the co-host of Throwing Shade. It's a podcast over on the Earwolf Network and is currently doing a big global tour with the podcast and promoting the book. So by all means, if you see she's coming to your city, go and support the work that she's doing. Get a book signed. I wish I had. <laughs> Sometimes you got to get out of a small studio in Soho and get some fresh air. But let's go now to my conversation with Aaron Gibson. Aaron Gibson, hello. Hello. Thanks for having me, Dale. <laughs> Absolutely. Welcome to the Deep Night Studios, our humble little spot here. It's warm. Oh, let me turn off the fan. That's an audio. Yes, please do. Please turn off the fan. Now we're really going to get warm. You can tell. See, that's an audio professional trick there. You've been doing some podcasting. I'm, I'm nowhere near <laughs> as experienced as you are. Oh, yeah. Well, I knew that I was going to like you right off the bat because I could detect that you were a turtleneck enthusiast. Even a coast away, I knew that. I miss the turtleneck season. Oh, please bring it. 
Any time. I mean, it's too hot here in New York. I've heard, I've heard, I heard it was hot, and now I've experienced it. And now you're ready to get out of here, probably. Yeah. Well, don't for, don't forget, I came from 100 degree burning inferno that is Los Angeles. That's true. It's on fire, isn't it? Yes. Yes. And you and from the south, so you have some uh, aptitude for this kind of a. My thing. skin sweats instantly the second I'm in any environment. <laughs> well. We also have that in common. Uh, <laughs> now, one of the things that you mentioned, and we're going to talk a lot about the book, don't worry. But one of the things you mentioned, you really turned me on to the idea of a, a blousy turtle, a oh. loose-fitting turtle. Oh, with bell sleeves? Do you yes. know what bell Yeah, a nice, lots of room for your arm to just jingle around in the fabric. That's what I'm looking for. I think You might have to go to the women's section. Well, I'm willing. <laughs> We do a turtle swap down at the piers, and that has never come up. But I'm going to suggest that to some of the other fellows that we carry a few of the ladies' things. Yeah. I mean, look, it's 2018. Gender is a construct. Absolutely destroy it. And why not wear a lady's blousy turtleneck? That's what we're all talking about, isn't it? That gets us right to the book. <laughs> we can smash the patriarchy with a blousy turtle. I don't think there's a better way to do it. <laughs> no, there's not. So have you been enjoying New York other than the humidity? Yeah, I I've been experiencing the train delays, which isn't it wonderful. As a Californian, yes, it's just nice not to be in a car. <laughs> yes. It really, truly is. And so I know that sounds it. like um, that sounds. I don't know if that sounds like a dream to New Yorkers to be in a car at all times, but it's truly the most solitary, frustrating thing you could ever do. But here's what happened to me. It was so humid because you and I don't have to only talk about the weather, but it was so warm and the the subway traps that humidity and heat and it keeps it at least for a day. So whatever the weather was the day before is the weather that it is down there at the second avenue or something. And I said, you know, I just can't do it. And I took a car. I I treated myself to a car. That's how we do things. Do you want to mention the company? (laughs) It was the fine people of Lyft. (laughs) And we thank them for their sponsorship. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Do you need a ride? Try Lyft. That, see, that's their slogan. <laughs> Everyone knows it. Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, you've been touring around, of course. This is the, the kicking off of the tour. Yeah. Yep. Well, Los Angeles technically was, but Los Angeles sure. likes to just start everything with a real thud. So this is really, let's this be honest, New York City is the start. Well, and when, once you get here, that's the real start with in this this, epi- this podcast. Yes, this yeah. one right here as soon as this drops. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even say it myself, this. Uh, but the book Feminasty is the book. That's it. Yep. That's the that's my moniker for myself on the pod, on my podcast throwing shade that I do with my fantastic performing partner Brian Sophie. He's not here though now. No. Okay. No. Is he? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's hiding Surprise. behind the boxes. <laughs> well, and I was so happy to get the book in advance. I love getting things before anybody else. Bragging. <laughs> you got it before we was even out in bookstores. But let me just say, in all other things, I demand equality. Except for getting books in advance? Except for books in advance. I like that. <laughs> One perk of being a fella. <laughs> yeah, that's, we only sent me, straight white men That's right. Um, the book in advance. All the ladies had to wait. Good, good, yeah. good strategy, I think. <laughs> you know who really turned me on to equality? Alyssa Milano. Do you follow her on Instagram? Uh, on every platform. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she really turned. She said, "This is what we got to do." I say, "Okay." She turned. A, she really did turn a corner somewhere in I don't know, 2012. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah. She really took to Twitter. Too. She went and she went right down to Georgia, helped people, took people she, to the polls. She's got the t-shirts with the slogans and everything. She's doing it all. She's doing, she's the, doing most. the most. <laughs> oh well, we thank you, Alicia. Uh, now uh, she's also a sponsor of the podcast. Also a sponsor yeah. of the show. Yes. See, now you start to feel the warmth kicking in in this room, too. It's really nice. Now, people talk about writing being a chore. Oh, but this book seems like it was great fun to write. Was it fun? I'm glad I gave you that illusion. It was, well, it was, (laughs) I'll tell you what wasn't fun, was swimming through the molasses that is the information out there on all these um, problems facing women that I had to research. And I've done a lot, I've. A lot of these things I've talked about for years on the podcast, so I knew them off the top of my head. But unfortunately, with the book, you have to cite your sources. So it was a lot of going back and going. Like, for example, there was this article that I remember reading about a woman who worked at Revlon, and she was 
sort of high up for a CEO at a makeup company like that. For anyone who's listening and doesn't know anything about makeup corporations, they're run by dudes. And she came in, she had been at the nail salon and she saw a lot of young women getting red nail polish, which was like a new thing in like 88. Yeah. So she went to her execs with a whole presentation of how I want to bring red back based on what she had seen on the ground floor of what women were doing. And the, her boss said when she walked in the room, because she was wearing red lipstick and red nail polish, he goes, uh-oh, she's got her war paint on today. And totally dismissed her entire presentation. But I couldn't remember where I had read that. You know, yes. there's just a blur of information that is in my brain. And I had to then give people credit for it. <laughs> right. That was the long process. Well, there are copious footnotes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of footnotes. And I this book took me two years to write. Uh-huh. When I finished the book, I had to then go double check all my stats. Like, for example, oh, yeah. way more abortion clinics have closed on a state-by-state basis. The pay gap, like, got, like, five, a 15th bajillionth better. They added like one female CEO in a Fortune yep. 500 company. Yeah, so things are looking up. Is what yeah, you're saying. they're looking up. So this book, as as it was published, is as up to date as possible. You'll see, you're not a Californian, but you know you understand California. Oh, I totally in a deep way. Yes, there is a footnote about how I think it's. I don't remember what the joke is, but the footnote says it was something that needed to go. And in the footnote, I said, "In and out can stay." Well, the day my book came out, oh, there yeah. was a huge thing where we found out that the people owning own in and out had given a bunch of money to the California Republicans. I mean, they had also given money to the California Democrats. They came out and said, no, we'd give money to all political organizations, which I also don't agree with. But it was a little bit of a moment of, well, I can't control that. You know, at right. the point when I wrote this book, in and out was fantastic. And my Chick-fil-A alternative. <laughs> right. Right. Well, they got to cover their bases is what they're doing. Yes. But for what? I mean, I know. I guess who does Tesla do? Tesla was in trouble for or um, what's his name? Oops, I made all the exploding cars. Elon. Why can't I think Elon. Of Elon, Elon yeah. Musk. Yeah. Yeah. He was in trouble for giving to the Trump administration. And he said the same thing. He gives to all. He's in Must trouble nice for a lot have, of things. Now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every day. Talk to Azalea Banks. She's got a big problem with it. <laughs> there, 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 there's a lot going on. But if he gets us into into space and off to Mars, well, by, by gosh, who cares? I can't wait till we're, <laughs> we're visiting Mars and the L train is still closed down. <laughs> right. That's absolutely where our future is headed. <laughs> that, is, that is true and an acute observation of what's going on. And maybe Cynthia Nix can, can uh, fix it. Yeah. What do you think about her? I like her policies, but I, I thought maybe she should start as mayor. I don't I don't mean that in any, um, uh, you know, sure, aim for the stars, ladies. Let's take her the whole thing over. But she seems very concerned with the issues of the city and capable of dealing with some of those. Well, that's a fine place to start. I, I feel like her base of support is here. She would do well here. I don't know what happens once you get, you know, past Westchester. But does de Blasio, are you gonna, is he going to run again? I, I, I don't know. Maybe she thought she would have a better chance defeating Cuomo than she would de Blasio. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm not on her line. team. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I mean, on. I'm on her side. I'm just not on her strategy team. That's me too. I haven't been asked. <laughs> the call is coming. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. From inside the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, there was a moment of real connection with me and this book. And uh, I don't know exactly why it was thus, but it was, that uh, you start eviscerating these sort of insidious profiteers of breast cancer awareness. And something about that, I said, that, that's, that's true. Because I've always been wary when you start to monetize support for something. And, like You can give money to research, but when you're giving money to awareness, I already know that breast cancer exists and I know the color pink exists. So what are we doing? Who's making, making money? Making a buck. That's right. Somebody's profiting off of that. Yeah, and it's really hard to untangle who exactly is getting what. Yeah. It takes a lot of sleuthing, a lot of investigatory skills. And for me, it was just, I just don't trust companies that do that. And I have a lot of breast cancer in my family. And I just saw cousins and aunts struggle to pay their bills. Yes. And when I see that much money going into the hands of people at a charity, it makes it infuriates me when women are dying from breast cancer who can't afford the treatment. So that was my 
reasoning for taking that down. Now, I have to say the NFL, who was also doing like breast cancer awareness products and jerseys, and then they were like, they had like penalty flags that were pink. They were going, they were <laughs> yeah. going all in sure. for a company, for an organization that will not punish players for domestic abuse. They sure all of a sudden care a lot about titties. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'd say that was always part of the <laughs> part of the NFL. <laughs> yeah. There are the cheerleaders down there seem to be a part of the experience. Right. Let's let's underpay our cheerleaders. Yep. Let's give them below minimum wage, but then let's make all this money off of a disease that could ravage their bodies. When you just break it down like yeah. that, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, no, come on, NFL. Why is that? Come on, NFL, <laughs> get it together. They're un they're they're basically proven in so many ways they're incapable of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what a, well, we had a hope a little bit. Dale, you didn't cut your Nike swooshes off your socks, did you? I haven't ever bought the things because of the sweatshop. Now I have to go out and buy them as a protest to the people cutting them up and burning them. I know. Because once you pay the money to have the product and then you set it on fire, that, that'll really teach them. <laughs> it teaches people a lot of lessons. You've lost. Ugh. I like the point. Someone was pointing out on Twitter that no one's burning their their $110 Jordans. Everyone's burning their $30 Marshall special sneakers. Like, people aren't ruining their good sneakers. No, of yeah. course not. It's, it's over an ad. Come on. Come on, and people. add with like that's. I mean, that's a whole other complicated thing of whether or not Nike is profiting off of Colin Kaepernick's. Sure, black struggle. violence. Yeah, essentially. But I'm I'm kind of down for the message if it's going to get out yeah. there. Yeah, right. It's a it's a wicked and twisted path that is out there that we must follow sometimes. When brands are more ethical than our government? When capitalism is at the top, I think. Yeah. Again, when somebody's making a buck. Yep. Yeah, it's not so good. But speaking of making a buck and being not so good, you really lay into Betsy DeVos in this one, too, don't you? Oh, yeah. Are you not, you're not a fan of hers? I would say I'm not her biggest fan. <laughs> I love her home. Her home de <sighs> design is spectacular. Mm. Yeah, Dale. I, I I assumed you might have something in common with her on that level. Nothing says I've just raided the tomb of smog and want to set up a mansion, and yet I am still a hobbit. Like this atrocity of her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of her home. If you haven't it's, seen it's it. It's rich hobbit, I think, is the is the genre, isn't it's, it? Yeah, it's new money taste. It is, yeah. <laughs> new money taste. She hired an architect. <laughs> yep. To put, or maybe she didn't. Maybe she did it herself. <laughs> Could have been. I don't. No one's slapped their name Looks on that like building. You just put some shaped blocks together. It's like wrap the, it in some tape. Oh, that would have probably been better. <laughs> I have it. I can. I, I can visualize it, but I would need to see it in, in, implemented to really know. She had a, and the chapter isn't about her design aesthetic, but I had to mention it because it's so atrocious. She has a, maybe a lake house. I don't think it's her real house. I think it's a second home. On the second story, there is a sunroom, a indoor veranda. I don't know what you would call it. It's glorious. Curved, a yep. curved wall, very big. And instead of a single curved pane of glass, which I guess they're not able to do in Michigan, she <laughs> had someone install individual windows side by side. And it is just something to behold. Can you imagine on a breezy day, you want to have all that breeze in there, but you got it's so much time to open all those windows? <laughs> That's most of a Saturday. Is her having her servants <laughs> open windows? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Gosh. It's just, I mean, so many choices. What can you say? She's, she's very checked out. So she many she choices. doesn't understand the struggles of real people who only have, you know, four or five windows in their living room. No, it's a, it's a pyramid scheme, uh, kind of an architecture. It is. It is just very keeps building Amway. on itself. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a fantastic way to put it. <laughs> Is she the worst of the lot? She's definitely the dumbest. Well, um, hold on. <laughs> oh, Ben Carson's just asleep. We don't know what his intelligence level my, is. My friend who went to Harvard Medical School and then said, fuck this, I don't want to do this, and now is a trainer. He, I was asking him, I was like, well, what about Ben Carson? Like, He's got to be smart to be a brain surgeon. And he said... You don't have to be smart to be a brain surgeon. We know nothing about the brain. He's literally opening people's skulls up and taking out nerves in a questionable manner. Yeah. 
When he explained it like that, it made me it made me get Ben Carson. Yeah. I would trust Ben Carson to remove a mole. I think he has a steady, calm hand for that, but yeah. I don't want him running any government agency. Yep. But you know what? You might want to keep like a Red Bull or something on hand. Make sure he doesn't doze off. I want him, I want full Uma Thurman in um, <laughs> uh, having a heart attack, cardiac arrest. That's I right. want to just jolt him awake. Yep. The adrenaline to the heart. Yes. With old uh, Dr. Carson. Well, um, we should start maybe slipping cocaine in whatever beverages he's got lying around. I'm willing. <laughs> Sign me up. Do you want to go but to jail I... for drugging in the... Uh... <laughs> well, I'm scared if they're too awake. Yeah. Because I don't know do what they're going to actually do. It's fine for me thinking about him sleeping up by that dining room table. Just, curled up like a squirrel. Just curled up little little baby. <laughs> that gifted, gifted fella. Maybe that's a that's a good angle. We put like um, some sort of like gas that makes you go to sleep. Whatever they do when you have surgery, we just yep. pipe that into the White House. Yeah. Just sleep this thing off. You need a good anesthesiologist. Yeah. Do you, do you know one? I know a couple. <laughs> Let's talk after. Well, the book also has a sensational 70s divorcee look to it, doesn't it? Thank you. Yes. I'm referring to the picture of you on the cover and throughout. There's on the back, I guess. There's a couple of pictures of you. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a fun photo shoot. Um, And and, and as we're talking about it, let me just back up and say that it is a wonderful mix of the kind of personal history with these uh, savage and informed observations about what we're going through right now. Thank you. Well, I think I always... I mean, I believe the person political is personal. It's always an attack on a group of people. And so th- these are the ways that some of these things have affected my life or people in my family or my loved ones. Yeah. So it's just a way to illustrate this is actually happening. And it's like every dinner I've had since 2016. It's a hi, how are you? And then by the end, you're uh, scream reading tweets over a flourless chocolate cake. Yeah. Oh, you got, you got a lot of gluten free people in your life. Some of them. Yeah. yeah. We have to accommodate. Nobody likes that cake. It's very dry. Very Always. dry. That's why Doesn't they put matter. the whipped cream on it with a mint leaf. You've got it down to a science. You know exactly. <laughs> I've eaten a lot of dinners. <laughs> uh, I've eaten a lot of dinners. <laughs> it's not quite the Jetsons future we were promised, though, is it? No, but have you looked at what people thought that today was going to look like in the 20s? It wasn't good. <laughs> a lot of metal hats. Oh, yeah. There were a lot of metal hats. I think they, dresses. they thought maybe aluminum was going to be more uh, popular than it has turned out to be. Now that makes me suspect that maybe the aluminum industry was involved in future predictions in the past. Uh, yeah, yeah, they were. <laughs> you don't need a tin hat to figure this stuff out. You don't need a round, <laughs> thick necklace. <laughs> but um, uh, who do you, which, uh, we're talking about the Jetsons, which I'd mentioned briefly. <laughs> But I'm sticking to it. Uh, which cartoon character do you wish was real? Rainbow Bright. Rainbow Bright. Yeah. Her her theme song is basically a cocaine-induced club jam <laughs> from Sweden. Yeah. I'm on board for that. And she just was very... She just I think she's a really good representation of goodness. I yeah. would, if, she, if Rainbow Bright had more edge, I would say Rainbow Bright. Yeah. Definitely not Strawberry Shortcake. Too no, boring. Too boring. I had all of those things. Talk about someone who's aw- unaware of their the way that they're Thank being attacked you. at all levels. Thank you. You know who's great? I'm going to take it all back. <laughs> yeah. Penny. Penny. From Inspector Gadget. Oh, because yeah. Because she was really doing all the work. Yes. And she was not getting the, the any of the praise and happy to not take the praise. But I would like to see Inspector Gadget, the sidekick, and Penny, the lead detective. Yes. I think we all felt that way. And that dog... That poor do- What was the dog's role? There's a lot of dogs that you have real questions about. Richie Rich's little dog. I want to say its name was Dollar, but it had like dollar signs on it. Clearly genetically manipulated. Awful. Very. Uh, made in Awful. a lab. Yeah. Just like a Labradoodle. <laughs> That's right. Just like a Labradoodle. Those things get big. Yeah. And yeah. they're, I'm, I think they're adorable. They're the dumbest dogs in the world. <laughs> Poor thing. If you want a smart dog, get yourself one right off the street. <laughs> well, other than those cartoon people, were there any actual people that were feminist icons for uh, young Aaron growing up there? Well, Houston? I, yeah. Well, I Is grew that up, where you grew up? Yeah. Yeah. I did. I grew up, a, I, I mean, I lived for until I was in junior high in Ohio and Kentucky, but mostly, mostly Texas. What part of Ohio? Ironton. Ironton, I don't where what is that close to? 
um, West Virginia. Oh, okay. Yeah, over there. it's on the it's on the river. Like oh, my grandfather oh, oh, oh. was a was a coal dude. There, there's really not a lot over there. That span oh, between yeah. West Virginia and let's say Columbus, uh, bleak. It is bleak, but it's also be- I mean, it was beautiful where I grew up. It was just sad, yeah. rust belt existence. Like, <clears throat> yeah. do you like Metallica? Okay, you can stay. That's what <laughs> that was like. Yeah, I. I, I had a lot of I love designing women. I'm glad it's coming back. Yeah, that was a feminist show for me growing up, seeing four women who in various stages of relationships, unmarried, divorced, single, hanging out with their black. I mean, he wasn't out on the show, but their black gay friend. That's right. And doing having a having a successful business. I just thought that was. And the Golden Girls. I, I, unfortunately, like when I was growing up, I, it was like when 90210 was starting and all the yeah. garbage soap operas. Yeah. I didn't really have strong female I- influences that were who were my age. So it was the Golden Girls, Winona Ryder and Heathers, mm-hmm. um, designing women, and... I don't and Annie Potts and Ghostbusters, and she's not even like that big of a character. But any, basically, anything Annie Potts was in, right. that's my that's my icon. <laughs> she, she held I do a think that late nineties got better. I think with there with, were a lot of uh, women run uh, helmed shows, uh, not helmed, well, but the stars of the shows in the nineties. Murphy 90s, Brown and all that. Yeah, I yeah. you know what? I never watched Murphy Brown. I don't know why. Oh, I don't know if my parents weren't into it, but it I may never, have skewed slightly older. I think it was because it was so, like designing women. I at least got like the Southern Belle aspect right, of right. it, and I could understand that. But unfortunately, I wasn't taught how to parse out news and be critical of those kind of things. So Murphy Brown was probably over my head. Mm-hmm. I did watch Moonlighting when I was a very small child, and that was probably not a good influence. But <laughs> I think the '90s though got better because of music. Ninety ah. girl, girl, right, girl, and and punk movements of you know kathleen hannah and it was liz fair yeah yeah um garbage sure there were just angry women making music and i loved it i'm a fan it didn't translate to tv though for some reason <laughs> no what did it ever did the it craft ever come through? was a movie yeah i don't think it really ever did i don't think so i'm gonna see that... an angry woman on tv who's having the time of her life that would be good you could be in it yeah <laughs> <laughs> they always let people over 30 be in TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've understood. Believe me. <laughs> I'm even aging out on the podcast. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking Too of, old for a podcast. Old. Uh, <laughs> I was in Hollywood. Uh, no, I was in uh, Los Angeles, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Not, Bragging, not yeah. too, too long again, yes. And I, speaking of brag, I went to the Westwood Cemetery there, and I saw Jackie Collins. Uh, grave. Do you, now, this oh, yeah. is relevant to you for the feminism, I think. Yeah. Because her little placard there, you got to go and see it. It's beautiful. Uh, Jackie Collins has her name and has her lifespan there, the dates, which I won't give away. And it has a gold panther, the outline of a panther on it, on the place where her name is. Then the one right below it says, uh, she gave a great deal of pleasure to a great many people. That is a double... On t- that's a that's a sexual innuendo. Correct? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> but also okay. <laughs> I mean, but also quantify that. How many people? <laughs> how much pleasure? But I mean, go out big if you're going to go out. That's a great. You know what? If you can't brag when you're dead, when can you brag? That's that's right. Now I think it was her husband or something was underneath her. Uh huh. <laughs> I mean the plan the plan in in power and position. <laughs> Uh, well, just stop can I there. ask you a question yeah. about the gold tiger? Yeah, yeah. Was Panther, it Panther? Oh, my apologies. Yeah, yeah. Or it was a lioness, but it was not a you know not didn't have the mane. Mane. Did was it gold? Was it the, pure gold? The outline was it was all all the lettering was a kind of gold or brass. I don't and know do what you, the plaque. Do you think is. it was fourteen karat gold? Is what I'm asking. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> Depends on who got her inheritance. Uh, yeah, how much money they're willing to spend. <laughs> Funerals right. are not cheap. I don't know if you've heard the news. No, <laughs> I, I follow it. I've got an app that shows me the price of funerals. <laughs> I'm just ticking away. Caskets have gone up today. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, do you know what you want on your mausoleum marker? I want to be cremated, and I want my ashes spread on um, 
I haven't really figured it out. It's either going to be, um, I want my ashes spread on Hollywood Boulevard because it's the trashiest place <laughs> for anything to ever happen. Just oh, wow. assimilate with the garbage. <laughs> or in, um, I am in love with the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, beautiful. In love. Beautiful. And I need the Pacific Northwest to open its arms to me and figure out a way for me to make a living there. Yeah. But I would love to be scattered in like a glacial lake or any, you know, a waterfall in the Pacific Northwest. I have never felt more kindred with the place in my life than mm-hmm. I have. Have you, have you, have sure. you been able to go? Oh yeah. 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 I yeah. just love it. I didn't know I was an outdoors person until I went to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, yeah. That's a good outdoors to be in. Oh. My family uh, came down up there through uh, British Columbia and then uh, Washington State, Seattle, all that. I've been to Portland many times. Did they it. eat each other on the way down? They, they weren't part of that uh, group. The North-South had less trouble uh, doing then, then, that than the, the, the East-West. It's a longer trip. <laughs> Plus yeah, Canadians are too. It would just be, oh, sorry. Yeah, too polite. <laughs> yeah, too polite. I'll just die here real quick. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. Um, I Vancouver is interesting. So wait, your family's from Vancouver? Uh, partially, yeah. Do you go back? Uh, not, not for that. It's not that close. Oh, okay. It's like they're they're all they're all gone. They've all passed. <laughs> yeah. As I said, I'm old, <laughs> and they are older. Vancouver is a. It does have. It feels like the Pacific Northwest to me for sure. But it has a. It is Canadian. Yeah. And I'm, I don't mean that as a dig. I just sometimes I get uncomfortable around Canadians because I feel like I need to complain all the time, and I don't feel like they ha- they share that vibe with me. Absolutely not. Sorry you got it so good up there. What am I going to do when America writes itself in November? I'm going to have nothing to say. Uh, well, they try. They just keep to themselves. Yeah. It's okay. We complain quietly under our breath. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Respectfully. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just got back also speaking of traveling from Santa Fe. Have you spent some time there? No, and I'm dying to. Oh, did you, I how want many you pashminas to did you buy? It's about seven. And uh, I noticed you Turtle mentioned. Turtlenecks for the arms. Oh, isn't it true? <laughs> <laughs> and I know that you mentioned chunky jewelry a lot in the book. Oh, yeah. Let chunky me tell you. Let me tell you. Ground zero. You get yourself to Santa Fe. <laughs> you will not be disappointed. Oh. How many were tur- had turquoise integrated in them but weren't like specifically Native American? And how many of them were just straight wood circles? Oh, uh, I said probably 60, 40. Um, that makes a lot, sense. A lot of turquoise. It's turquoise and, a, and silver? And you know what? Something I haven't seen since probably the 90s, those belts. Those belts with the oh, – I yeah. guess it's now kind of a boho thing, but I think my mother wore it, you know, 80s or something. That's the never fitting, gone away. The loose-fitting dress, the blousy top. The and Sundance then, catalog y- outfit. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Maybe Chico's you might be able oh, to, yeah. to Chico's, find Chico's, okay, Chico's, okay, if you do Chico's versus Sundance catalog, Sundance catalog is for a woman who's like, absolutely, this is my aesthetic at all times. Do you think I'm about to go ride a horse, but in the wilderness without a saddle? That's that look. Yep. Chico's is more. I have a suburban. I used to. I smoke cigarettes when my kids aren't watching. Um, I drink a bottle of wine before noon. I want a little more color. <laughs> yeah. And I need a little more structure in my clothing. But they to the to the to the newcomer of of uh, over forties Southern fashion. Yes. They can look very similar. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for giving me a pass. <laughs> uh, the fact that you were even. I'm really impressed with your attention to detail. Thank you. The panther. Yeah. The chunky necklaces. The yeah. Santa Fe look. I'm just really impressed. Well, thank you. These are the these are the the guide stars to my life. <laughs> what other people are doing? <laughs> yeah, th- things people put in cemeteries, <laughs> jewelry, <laughs> loose fitting clothes. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't think of a better brand. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, I try to mix in a little crystals and healing with everything too. Well. I hope you did that when you were in Los Angeles because that's the place to do it. Very much so. Well, and Santa Fe. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you did you have sage smudge um, run over your body? Were you? Yes. You did. Yeah, yeah. What was it like? Oh, it's great. You feel cleansed? Oh, cleansed! All the bad energy just goes away. Did you participate in anything that was energy healing? Or did you go to any, like, a, you know, Sonoma has uh, energy spikes that just come through the earth that you could walk through and have your whole body run backwards or something like that? Yeah, well, we went to Shemile, which is, uh, you know, a Catholic healing center slash also hippie vortex uh, where they have a dirt hole 
in the ground, and that's supposed to be a real source of uh, healing energy. And uh, to be honest, it was a little sad because so many people were there crying and on crutches and praying for loved ones. I mean, it's a, it had a far more Catholic element to it than I was prepared. I go into it with my kind of thing, you know, crystals and all this, and this was not the, that. This was, oh, people in my life are suffering, and I'm here looking at a This is my last hole, ditch effort. A literal ditch effort, yes, because it's just a little hole with some loose ground. I have a million questions. Number one, <laughs> was this the week of the Pennsylvania Catholic priest scandal? Oh, no, it was after that. It after was that. this. So you, yes. So you went to this Catholic healing center after the scandal? Yeah. Yeah. And nobody had anything. Did anyone have anything to say about it? It's not the kind of place where I felt comfortable engaging in a lot of conversation. Right. Because <laughs> you would probably be met with a lot of resistance and denial. I, I felt I don't know that this is true, uh, but uh, I felt as if it was obvious I was not Catholic. <laughs> Got you. You know, uh -huh. I mean, I have uh, Irish uh, in me, but uh, it was always on the Protestant side. And so I never, I, I just felt it was clear. And so you felt like a little bit of an outsider. I felt like an outsider, yeah. Not very Christian-like no. healing center. <laughs> yes. Catholic healing Not center. Not very welcoming, was it? I'm, I'm, I need to know more about this. Yeah. I'm going to go down a dark hole on, because I am <laughs> obsessed with southwestern healing centers yeah yeah i think there canyon are canyon ranch yeah i think there are other ones that you can go we also went up to ghost ranch which is not necessarily a healing center but kind of a spiritual retreat and uh, i have a long history with that place anyway but that's where you know uh, george o'keefe was out there toiling away and she's a kind of being a special energy herself i want to do santa fe ghost ranch i want to do all of it i can't believe it. i haven't done it you got to do it it's just my kind of it's my kind of energy. It's yeah. my kind of pace. Yep. It couldn't be more different than what's happening right now in New York City where I'm just being. By the way, why are there so many. This is off topic. <laughs> and maybe no one will care about this. Why are there so many Swedish people here right now? I don't know. I noticed that this morning, too. I. I tr <laughs> OK, so for some reason, inexplicably, there's always Australians in, in L.A., but I, but I always think it always goes with the rhythm of, oh, they're in their winter now, so they're coming here for summer. Yep. There is no reason for Swedes to be here in the in the numbers they are unless there was like a special on some flight. I think it's a special on flights because a few months ago, all of my friends were going to Sweden or they're going to Iceland. Literally everyone I knew, my whole Instagram thing was like a tourism thing for uh, uh, Norway, Sweden, and Iceland. Well, Icelandic air, that would make sense because you know they all... If you fly as does anybody care about this? If you fly as Icelandic Air, you have to pit stop in Iceland. Right, right. And they and part of their scheme is they're like, well, we're gonna stop the plane anyway, so you might as well get off and enjoy. <laughs> right. Which I don't want to do that. I don't have forty thousand dollars for an hour in Iceland <laughs> to sit in some muck. Yeah. Anyway, that's my <laughs> type five. If you want to know more about Iceland and their tourism to. board, please read my book, Feminist. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, presumably, you spent some time at UCB oh, in yeah. Los Angeles mm -hmm. doing that. Were you always uh, were you always injecting politics? By the way, if you want to talk about spirituality and all that stuff, we can do that at a, another time. But I'm aware of uh, what, what we have. We have limited moments yes, right I here, understand. and yes. I could speak about that forever. And you know, I'll just go off topic because I've been well, talking no, about the I'm, book all week. But and let, I'd love yes. for you to go to Sedona, too, because that's where all the vortexes are. In. Yeah. In. But this would be great. I, w I want to read this blog of yours that you're going to start where you <laughs> recommend all these things. Yeah, I will. Uh, were you injecting politics into your Harold Long forms? Was that always an interest? No. No. It wasn't. I got a job working on a show called Infomania which was on Current TV, which was Al Gore's network. Yeah. That went, went under. Yes. And Like the earth. Just like the earth. <laughs> Al Gore cannot hitch his wagon to anything that sticks around. No. Not a presidential campaign. Mm -mm. You know what? This isn't about making Al Gore feel bad about his life. I was on that show, and I had auditioned for... Sarah Haskins had done... She's a writer, performer, fantastic all-around smart lady she had done a segment on the show where she looked at commercials and the way that they talk to women and the patterns that they that they did like uh for example yogurt ladies always are in like a zip-up hoodie and they and then there's always the commercial where the woman can't 
believe her husband's such a ding dong. <laughs> Happening over and over. Trope, 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 trope. So anyway, she left to go write movies and I auditioned for to be her replacement. And I got the job and that kind of kicked off my political life, I guess. I'd always been passionate and, and I saw like on TV how I was like, oh, this lady got to speak for four seconds and now this guy is speaking for... 20 minutes and he's she's setting up all the jokes for him. I always saw that. Yeah. I saw all those things, but I really didn't do much about it besides complain. But when I started doing that show and I started seeing, oh my God, this is everywhere. This is everywhere. It's not just a weird pity feeling in my stomach that means nothing. It's just this like white noise of oppression that and marginalization that's I've just accepted as business as usual. So that that job gave me the tools to to look at the patterns, see the patterns and identify them and show other people, hey, this is what's going on. And then pe other women can go, oh, of course I saw it. I just didn't put it together. Right. Or have I been experiencing it? Yeah. And I haven't called it out. Yeah. Like there, I was when I was walking here, I went by a grocery store and they had like a, a really nice mural. It was um, it was Andy Warhol. I don't even know what grocery store it was, but it was the biggest grocery store I've ever seen in New York. <laughs> It was Andy Warhol. It was uh, basically every famous New Yorker to have ever lived. Um, and not just white, like, you know, Puerto Rican, black. And there was, there was only one woman, and it was Edie Sedgwick. And it was a massive, yeah. the length of this grocery store. <laughs> and so I, I see those things everywhere. Yeah. I see them everywhere now. And I don't want other women to necessarily take on that burden like I have of being the, being the, like, explainer of those things but i do think in small ways women should be helping their friends kind of wake up from that that um fog the fog of um everything coming at them from every direction right and just getting through it yeah i don't want everyone to have their walk in new york city on the coolest day i've been here to be ruined by a fucking mural <laughs> that's right and I i'll take that job <laughs> <laughs> Yes, do something about it. And I think the book is going to help people with that, too. Yeah. Call some awareness to some of these things. Exactly. I hope so. The yeah. makeup chapter, I wrote a whole chapter on makeup because yeah. I, when I was writing this book, I started looking at other things in my life that I hadn't really taken the time to examine. And I realized that all the makeup that I used was being, uh, being sold to me by white straight guys. Yep. And I've threw it all in the garbage and started over and was like, here's, and I did started doing research and I realized that they were all run by men B barely. I mean, I think Estee Lauder has 52% female makeup in their VP and above positions, which is to me like getting an F on it or a D on a test and <laughs> bragging. It's not an F. Right. I don't, I, it should be all females. Like yeah. I don't, I, I'm sorry. It's a female industry. And you found some companies that are, are run by women. Yes, yes, some great companies that I list in the book, but RMS is great. Um, uh, Marie Veronique, who used to be a chemist, chemistry teacher in high school, <laughs> went right into the cosmetics industry, which is probably less ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of that, speaking of makeup, wellness, self-care. Are woman... we going right back to crystals? Because I'm in. Well, in, okay. a, in, a, in a sort of. Okay. Uh, crystals with a capitalism uh, mix. Uh, somebody that gets a lot of uh, hassle as a woman at the head of one of these things is our dear Gwynny. Gwyneth Paltrow. That's right. Gwyneth Paltrow is a great example of you can be both. <laughs> yes. I can be very supportive of her in her endeavor to make women feel good about themselves and heard. Yep. And 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 turn the mirror back on them because women are raised to be caregivers and raised to take care of other people. So I'm in for the self-care aspect of Goop. And I'm also in for the, the a lot of the beauty products she recommends are female run companies and ethical and, you know, um, doing things very sustainably. What I don't love is this the commercialism of it and that if you buy all this stuff that somehow you're going to be like Gwyneth Paltrow adjacent. Right. Right. There is. She has tons of money of to be doing that. Yeah. It is a little bit like the Sky Mall catalog of wellness. Yes. In that there's things that are kind of funny in there and easy to make fun of, but yet uh, should luxury self-care, can that be feminism? Yeah, I think it should be. What I don't think, look, I think self-care is absolutely part of feminism. I, what I don't like is when you 
are try when you feel like you can build a personality or a self-worth by slapping things on your face or being trying to be young do them for yourself don't do them for the uh, a male gaze or for whatever acceptance you want externally that has to be something that you do yourself that's not something you can buy so i don't like when people sell you things i don't like fake products that don't don't do any do what they promise uh you know age reversers thing things like that i mean I also am okay with like Botox and and things like that if you want to do it. I just I don't want anyone supplementing a hole in their self esteem with products. That makes sense. I want women to um, work on themselves in a way that's healthier and more sustainable for their long term mental health. Right. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board. Ah. I'm on board. Well, um, finally, you talk about uh, sexual education. In, in the book and uh, in a revealing chapter. One chapter, I learned a lot about herpes, so thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, so did then, I. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the footnotes you want to pay attention to. Um, uh, but uh, do you have, you had a good sex ed experience in a public school? Was that no, where it was? No, no, no. Did you? Well, mine uh, uh, was, uh, we all the boys were separate, separated. Yeah. And we put into a gym, gymnasium. And our physical education teacher, Mr. Koshik, in the shorts and everything, he looked like if you had flattened Sylvester Stallone, just like wider, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, not heavy, just thick, I think is the word people yeah. use. Uh, and he had us all write questions that we might be embarrassed about to, to down on pieces of paper, and he put them in a, I don't know, a bag or something. And the first one he pulled... The question had to do with having sex with a donkey. And so he immediately put it back in the bag after reading it, closed it up, and made us run laps. And that <gasps> concluded my sexual education. <laughs> so to this day, I'm still a little aroused by running gear. <laughs> That's shocking and sad. We, I, There was one attempt at sex ed in third grade where the class was spent calming everyone down from the ghost in three men and a baby <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that's what we spent the whole day doing <laughs> I, I fail to see how any of that is related but not at wonderful. all yeah. <laughs> yeah and that's why i get aroused to go when i see ghosts uh, or cutouts of ted danson whichever you believe oh then you is. would really enjoy ted danson's haunted ghost tours oh i, <laughs> I don't know if I, my pants could handle it <laughs> yowza the, uh, <laughs> No, it's it's it, look. America is in a really sad state of affairs when it comes to sex ed. We're not giving children the manual to operate their own bodies, and they're getting in trouble. And women are bearing the brunt of that. So I'm all for however you. I mean, look, talking about Sweden, yeah, you should see some of the children's books they have over there for sex ed, and they're 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 no big deal. Yep. I I went to go visit my aunt in in uh, Pennsylvania, and I have a. 15 year old cousin and we were looking oh i had i had posted one of these pictures from the swedish children's book it was a side view a um oh what do you call it when you like cut through somebody's thing for a diagram it's like yep. it was a side mm -hmm. diagram but two human beings woman on the bottom man on top penis inside her they were cartoons yep. it was a bananas illustration but um we were going through my instagram and that was on there um, and I said, and my aunt was like, oh, she can't see that. And I was like, she's 15. This is for a three-year-old. <laughs> right. Right. I was like, you, I was like, Catherine, have, have you, have you talked about sex with anybody? And there her, you know, her mom's there and they just shut down the whole thing. And I was like, guys, you got to figure this out. Cause this is not good for her. Yeah. And that's something, get over your embarrassment. It's not a big deal. If you don't, if we don't do this now, we're just going to – our children are just going to inherit that shame, and I don't want that for them. Yeah. I want I want children to not have hang-ups about sex, especially like the ones that I have and feeling bad and weird about it. I don't want that to keep going. Yeah, yeah. If we can leave our children anything. Anything. Can we make it that – I'm not having children, so this is other people's responsibility. Yes. Yeah. I can't tell my dog this stuff. You know? <laughs> no, well, he doesn't I mean, speak English. <laughs> my high school in uh, Cypress Falls uh, High School in Houston, Texas, suburb, Texas, they almost adopted the most progressive sex ed curriculum in the entire country, and the PTA shut it down. So it's not like people aren't trying. 
That's right. And it also stresses the importance of making sure you're participating in your community. Yeah. And at a local level. Because the loud assholes are going to win. Yep. Yep. So be a loud asshole. <laughs> That's true. That's that's a. I think that should be the winning strategy for twenty eighteen elections. I think so. I think that's a fine note to end on. Too. Thank you. I like it. <laughs> that's good. Well, uh, Dale, uh, if you want to put it on a turtleneck, just let me know. You have my permission. I'm really itching to. It's 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 rare that I'm out of one. So <laughs> I will be a loud asshole in a turtleneck. I love it. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> Come to my vortex. Um, well, uh, the book is Feminasty from Grand Central Publishing. It's out now everywhere. Everywhere. Where people can get it. I encourage people to do it. If you go to Feminasty.com, I'll give you big box, small box stores. I'll give you all of it. It's, it's all there. It's amazing what you can do with technology. With a little Squarespace? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And we thank Squarespace. If you need a website... <laughs> Try Lyft. No. Um, uh, and you're going to go on the rest of the tour. I wish you much success oh, with thanks. it. And uh, have a lot of fun. You're going to do some Throwing Shade episodes, too. Yeah, we're doing Throwing Shade, and I'm doing the book tour at the same time. So oh, you're going to get gosh. two shows for the price of one. Will you do me a favor, though, and book yourself at, at Santa Fe if when you you're done with this tour? That's exactly what I'm doing Good. in December. Good. I'm going to check out of reality and life. <laughs> that's great. Good. Well, thanks for being here, Thanks, Aaron. Dale. Oh, my nasty. That was fun. <laughs> Aaron is a delight, and I'm so thrilled that we could make it work during a recent jaunt through humid New York City. My bald spot hasn't been dry since May. Cool it, global warming. Anywho, the book is out now from Grand Central Publishing, and thanks to Jordan at GCP for her help in arranging this conversation. Let's do more. My deep night spirit reading tonight goes out to listener Stephen Amayo in Sunset Spot, New Mexico. Stephen... Listen carefully. If you want a smart dog, get yourself one right off the street. (laughs) Also, why did they shut down the observatory there? Seems like aliens to me. Also, if you have the chance, avoid the vampire facials out there for a bit. At least till things settle down. Your lucky crystal is Lapis, and your lucky number is seven, which is how many days you have until our next episode of Deep Night with Dale is released. Till then, remember that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night the Dale is created by James Bewley. Deep Night Season 11 podcast artwork by illustrator Candice Broisma, with additional poster work this season from Scott Ballmer and Ronald Horn Industries, among others. Season 11 theme song remix by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the episode provided by the roster of Howler Hills Farm in Ohio. Additional sound effects at the top of the show, downloaded directly from the Deep Night Ether. Recording studio services provided by Harvestworks in New York City. The Slipper Room is the venue for Deep Night live shows every other month. Thanks to all of our guests for making Deep Night a success 10 years on. Thank you for listening. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or listen in on Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Google Play. Follow Dale on Instagram at Dale Seifer or on Twitter at Dale Radio. Now, keep your personal portals open, but this one has got to close. 